Welcome to this podcast for Thorax Journal Club. Today I'm interviewing Professor David Jablons. Professor Jablons works at the University of California, San Francisco, and is also a consultant for Life Technology. He was senior author on a paper published in The Lancet recently entitled, A Practical Molecular Assay to Predict Survival in Resected Non-Squamous, Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer, Development and International Validation Studies. Dr. Jablons, thank you for taking the time to record this podcast with us today. Could you start by explaining why it's important to be able to predict mortality in non-small cell lung cancer? The truth of the matter is if you look at uh, outcomes from uh, five-year survival for lung cancer in the last 30 years, we've had limited progress. There's certainly good to great reasons for optimism given the explosion in the molecular understanding of cancer. But truthfully, even with targeted therapies in the advanced stage setting, None of these therapies, including cytotoxic chemotherapy, really leads to cure. However, where a huge unmet need has been over the years is to identify uh, early-stage patients who we believe have been cured by standard surgical techniques and been staged by standard and state-of-the-art clinical screening technology, including CAT scans, PET scans, brain MRIs, etc., and yet who have disease that escapes detection by these methods and harbor occult micrometastatic disease that after, even after a complete resection um, and proof of node-negative disease, et cetera, or localized disease, you know, uh, lymph node involvement in, within the lung, these patients still go on to fail within two to three to four years of their disease. And tragically, when patients fail and recur from early-stage lung cancer, they almost invariably go on to succumb to lung cancer and die. And, and finally, compared to other common malignancies, breast cancer, colon cancer, et cetera, if you look at the overall five-year survival for, for the most part in early-stage breast cancer, the survival rates have really improved dramatically over the years. And, and survival for stage one breast cancer is in the 90 to 95% stage for the most part, colon cancer uh, almost as good. But lung cancer, uh, we are dismally behind that with overall survivals, truthfully, in the 60 to 70% range uh, for stage one disease. While we do have standards of care now to add systemic adjuvant therapy to these early stage patients, historically for the earliest stage patients, we've not had an ability to identify the high-risk patients to, to tease out and ferret out who are the patients who really need additional therapy and who are cured by surgery alone. What did you do in in this study? What was your aim? Our aim was to identify and uh, actually validate a uh, molecular test that could speak to the biology of the underlying resected early stage, and in this case, uh, not just non-small cell lung cancer, but the non-squamous histology of non-small cell lung cancer, which is the dominant molecular subtype, in other words, an adenocarcinoma or adenocarcinoma derivatives. Um, And so we had, like others in the field, been working over the past decade to identify uh, gene sets in samples of tissues that had been resected, for which we had uh, long-term follow-up and careful annotated outcomes, and then to correlate um, uh, their outcomes with expression of various genes. And we specifically designed the test to be quote-unquote, ready and usable immediately for prime time, so to speak. In this paper, uh, we validated in two of the largest uh, validation cohorts now that have been reported to gauge what the expression of a 14-gene panel in a very reproducible, reliable, 
a way to measure the gene expression, quantitative PCR, not a microarray technology. And we designed the technology to work on paraffin samples, so that after a patient had routine resection of their cancer, we could look at a few slices of their tissue block, measure the expression of these 14 genes, and then assign a prognostic risk uh, stratification uh, score. And that risk score basically was broken down into tercels from a low risk, intermediate, and high risk. We did two studies. One was in collaboration with our colleagues, Dr. Van Neen and others at the uh, Kaiser Northern California Healthcare System, and looked at not quite 500 stage one patients that had been resected. And we were able, in a blinded fashion, to analyze this gene expression. And we found quite remarkably that there was a dramatic separation and identification of differentiation of outcome from those patients who were assigned a low-risk gene expression um, category that had a survival in the 75 to 77% range, which was you know, respectable for early-stage lung cancer, and essentially cured by surgery, to those patients who had a survival closer to 44 or 45%. Uh, and that was quite amazing because that near 30-point um, separation in survival, all of those patients are felt to be cured at the beginning. And now we have a new way to really look much more carefully, much more intelligently, truthfully, at the molecular, the biology, in other words, of uh, the patient's disease. And similarly exciting, truthfully, and, and done in a concurrent fashion with a group of investigators that we have uh, worked with in in Asia, in particular in China, the China Clinical Trial Consortium, which over the years we have worked with and helped train um, to validate the study in a 1,000 patients in a similar matched cohort, essentially, to the Kaiser data, about 500 patients, not quite in the stage one, showed exactly um, the same spread. In other words, in the China cohort, the same 14 genes, lung cancer is lung cancer, whether it's uh, in America or in China, the uh, the assay was able to identify a low-risk population that had a 79% survival versus a high-risk that had a closer to you know, 44%. So very exciting that now, based on everyday preserved tissue in a very reliable, reproducible, and highly validated two independent blinded cohorts, we could use an assay that would give us ability to identify patients at high risk for recurrence and death from lung cancer. Is the assay expensive? Is it something that you think is ready to be rolled out to general hospitals in the foreseeable future? Do you think this is a technology that's ready to be used on the shop floor? Right. Well, you know what? We specifically designed, you know, the, undertook this initial work five years ago to, to specifically address all the caveats and all the, the uh, concerns about how a molecular test could be made ready, quote-unquote, for, you know, the floor and prime time, unquote. And those were, it had to be a very robust study. It had to be independently and blindedly validated. And it had to be a technology that could be used anywhere, every day, uh, on paraffin-based tissues. And as, you know, we've just been talking about, uh, you know, based on all of those initial guiding uh, goals and parameters, the technology that was developed initially by Pinpoint that has now been actually um, uh, bought by Life Technologies, and now they are actively uh, working to commercialize this, the answer is yes. So this test is now being commercialized in the United States uh, under the trade name, the Prevenio Lung RS test for risk stratification. And, you know, we're very excited to see this, um, 
you know, be able to get out and help patients around the country in the United States and around the world, truthfully, as these technologies get set up uh, in Europe uh, in particular and in Asia and around the world. That's great. Dr. Chabon, thank you very much. My pleasure. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.